Hey, what's up, y'all? Matt here with Hatch and another episode of Built By. Today, we have a few firsts, which I'm pretty excited about. Number one is this is the first time I've had two guests on the episode at once. I thought it might have been a little chaotic, but it was actually pretty cool to have you know two perspectives from um, the company on. Number two is that I'm interviewing, you've probably heard of them, but uh, Lair Homes, uh, Plano, Texas. Formerly, they were Hatfield builders and remodelers, so they do home building as well. And I thought it was really interesting because... Um, my guests today are Chad and Diane Hatfield, who are a husband and wife uh, power team who grew their own business from the ground up um, until they were selected by a layer to join their portfolio of companies. And what I really love about this episode is that we get the full trajectory of the business from when Chad first started it, the struggles that he went through, um, some of the light bulb moments that he had when he was starting to build it all the way to now, which is, you know, they're under this amazing franchise umbrella, um, have a lot of support and what that kind of looks like from their perspective. And that's why I think this episode's fantastic because, you know, no matter where you're at in the journey of you having your own home improvement company, there's something in here for you from Chad and Diane's perspective. They lived it. They still live it to this day, but they're an open book. You know, they're amazing people. And this episode really is one of my favorites. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and kick this episode off. Again, this is Chad and Diane Hatfield, formerly of Hatfield Builders and Remodelers, now Alaire Homes, Plano, Texas. I hope you enjoy. This is a podcast for home improvement and home services marketing. This is Built By. But you've got to be adaptable. You've got to find a way to accommodate an uncomfortable customer. If you're not getting the home advisor leads in the first five minutes, you shouldn't even do it. Hopefully we're eating their lunch while they're trying to get back up and running. Listeners, uh, Chad and Diane, um, who want to get a little bit more of a background so they, you know, understand, you know, where you're coming from and, and your experience. Can you give me like kind of a brief overview, you know, of your backgrounds and, um, you know, the the Hatfield Builders and Remodelers and now Alaire Homes uh, Plano? Yeah, I've got uh, I've got a bachelor's degree in engineering from Texas Tech. I went into commercial construction after I got out of college, and mm-hmm. from uh, from there. I uh, started off in Florida, moved uh, got moved to Dallas when I took a job with Turner, and uh, and I, I, I just decided I I didn't uh, didn't like it. It wasn't personal enough for me, mm-hmm. so I uh, I actually got a real estate inspection license, and I was uh, a licensed home inspector for gosh probably three years or so, and uh, that was actually some of the best sales training I've ever had, with having to talk with a bunch of people with totally competing interests. <laughs> Lots of conflicts everywhere, and you you have to you have to remember not to create unsolvable problems. <clears throat> so uh, there we started uh, building houses with my brother and father. That's mm-hmm. how Hatfield Builders got started. Um, if I would have been smart, I would have listened to my mom and said, "Don't go into business with family." <laughs> yeah, but that's you know now we've uh, now we've been uh, doing this for sixteen years. Yeah. And you kept you kept kept going with the family, right? Now now Diane is is co-owner with you. Well, Diane's my wife. 
<laughs> it didn't start out. It, I didn't start out participating. I actually am a registered nurse, and um, you know, so I just have supported us throughout all of this, and um, you know, but have always, you know, at some point. Um, moonlighted for the business. So on my days off, I would help, I would file, I would, you know, start paying bills, I would do all different kinds of things. And so um, I've, I've worked here the whole entire time we've had our business. And um, the last eight years or seven years, um, I've been with us, you know, full time, full in it, and really enjoying, you know, being a part of this and working together um, and working with our team, because it, it's really neat to see the end result. And that's the part I like about it the most is walking in after you've seen it before and then talking to our clients and the after is just blow, just blows you away. And they yeah. are so happy and it changes the way that they live completely. So that's the part I love about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, you're the first uh, home builders, I guess, that I've, I've had on the show. And my audience is like primarily remodelers. So they're probably wondering why I have home builders on the show. But really, it all comes down to the same thing. And it's an interesting story because you actually do both. And we were chatting the other day. Um, you, you got into remodeling out of like a necessity chat, I, I think you had mentioned. Yeah, it's kind of a happy accident, I suppose. Some <laughs> days, most days it's happy. There's some days that I'm like, what, am I a masochist? <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting story there. You know, the, we were building new houses in uh, in 2005, six, seven. You know, if anyone has a memory of that, you know what happened to that market during that time. It, it wasn't it wasn't pretty. So you know, the family the family issue with that. You know, my my brother was in charge of a certain part of the business, and we disagreed on the size of the houses, so we built them built them uh, bigger and. Mm -hmm. That turned out to be a big mistake in that area, and we lost money on it. Mm. And uh, you know, I was inspecting houses. My wife was working as a nurse, and I was trying to figure out what to do. And I had all these real estate connections and agents, and they're all asking me about clients. And hey, they've got uh, they've got this kitchen project. They want to do that. You know, you come take a look at it. You, you know, you have a construction company, and I had one of them. You know, and that's. That's just not, that's just not what I want to do. Mm -hmm. So finally, you know, you get to the point where you're like, you know, I probably should do that. The market's not all that great. Don't have a lot of money flowing in. So it might, it might be a good idea. Right. Yeah. So I went, uh, went and did one project for a woman named Gladys Blumen. And that just kind of went, just kind of went from there. Gladys, uh, she referred us. To, I couldn't even begin to tell you how many people. And uh, everyone would always tell me, you know, we're we're much easier to work with than Gladys. Uh, I promise you. <laughs> like, if, if you get Gladys Blumen, she was very happy. And if Gladys Blumen's happy with you, we will be easy. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Yeah, it just started. It just started from there. And what I figured out is that is that uh, when you're building spec homes, people only care about quality they can see, and they really don't even stand understand the quality of what they can see ninety percent mm -hmm. of the time. But someone who's remodeling their house, they tend to care a heck of a lot more about the products going into it, who's going to be doing it, how it's going to get done, because they're also living through it a lot of the time. Right. So it's just kind of a happy accident that uh, that, that happened. And from there, from there, it's just meeting a lot of different people, putting yourself in challenging positions, surrounding yourself with people that are better at it than you, mm -hmm. and, uh, and having the integrity and humility to look in the mirror they hold up to you. Because that's... Yeah. That's how you learn. Yeah. That's well, I, think, 
Or go ahead, Diane. Oh, I was gonna say, I think with, with Gladys, it's, um, what is it, the six degrees of uh, being related to Kevin Bacon or something along those lines? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because for probably, and we still actually to this day have a client right now that we can connect back to the community in the circle that she was in and that she referred us to. And so there's, it's a large community that kind of keeps growing, but they're also very tight knit. And um, they have been a fantastic community to work with. They care about who comes in their house. They care about it being done right. Um, they don't want the cheapest, you know, fly by night guy on the block to do it. And um, they, they have, they have, you know, gone it, bent over backwards to actually refer us to other people and try to convince their friends to use us. And here's why. And um, it's been a great community. We're still friends with several of them. We still go to dinner with them on a regular basis. And we, yeah. do, we have some clients right now that are about to sign a really large remodeling project. And um, we're really excited to do it because it's a phenomenal transformation. And come to find out, they are related to that community somewhere along the way. And uh, Chad can probably explain it better than I can, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's about a $1.5 million contract. I'm actually going over to review it with them tomorrow. Holy smokes. Yeah. And uh, that's that one goes back to that same that same small community. They know five people that we've worked with in that community. And it's it's just it's amazing even in uh, even in Dallas Fort Worth how small of a community it is that we work in. Yeah. We run in. That's it's amazing and you know, Diane, you mentioned like you you still go out to dinner with the you know some of these clients, and what do you think was the catalyst to like drive to to driving you know so much more business from this one job? Was it you know quality of work, or was it those relationships that you had built up with Gladys and and you know other people in that community? I mean, I think it's it's really about doing what you say you're going to do, mm -hmm. and being dead honest with people, even when it's not to our benefit you're being dead honest with that person because you know it's the right thing for them. And we continue to do that to this day when we know something is not right or not right for us. And we'll tell people like, you know, hey, I wouldn't, I won't do it like that. You, There are other people out there that will build it like this. I'm not one of them. And if that's the route you choose to go, then I can help you find somebody else who may work well for you. And we do the same thing with a lot of prospects that we get. So we get a lot of prospective clients that contact us and we, we know that we're not the right fit for everybody. We know that our, our project model doesn't work for certain project sizes or certain, certain types of projects. And so being dead honest with people, I think really helps build that. And we've been referred to people that we've never, from people we've never even worked with before, just mm -hmm. because we were super dead honest, because we've provided some resources, because we've told them, hey, you don't need a company to do this, you can do this yourself and I'll give you, I will give you the trades that you can coordinate yourself and, and taking the time to just heck call people back and be honest with them about it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that honesty and um, our willingness to just anybody who contacts our company walk away with something that they can work with or some, some way that they can do what they need to do, or even tell people, we think you should buy another house. Like this house, you know, say they want to add on because, you know, mother is going to come live with them. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many conversations Chad has had with people and it's like, I, I just don't, I don't recommend you do this. Go right. buy another house. We've had clients go through design and end up going to buy another house because when it all came down to it, it just didn't make sense to them. And that's fine. We're happy. We, last thing we want to do is build a project for somebody 
and have them regret doing it because they just said, oh, I should just go and bought another house. Yeah. I mean, it's that, that brand quality, like it's, it, it's amazing. I, and that's what comes across, I would guess, when you first have a meeting with a homeowner is they, you pull back the veil almost and you say, you know, we might not be a good fit and here's why, blah, 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 versus someone else. I've seen countless horror stories in the industry. Yeah, I, Matt, I'll tell you how I, how I do that when I, when I first talk to them. And it's the same. This is the second time they talk to somebody because they talked to Diana or Susanna first. But the first time I talk to them, I tell them right, right up front that my uh, what I, well, how I'm going to approach this is I'm going to work to find what I think is the right outcome or path for you, mm -hmm. right? That's, that's what I want. I'm not attached to any outcome of us doing the project or having somebody else do it or you doing the project versus not doing the project. <clears throat> I'm not attached to any of those outcomes. I've, I've had so many of these conversations that, that uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make suggestions to you regardless of what it is. Yeah. And uh, at the end of it, we're just going to decide if we want to take one more step. And that next step is scheduling a time to meet. If you and I both agree that that is the right thing to do. I think yeah. keeping it simple too, um, because the remodeling is in itself is not simple, but mm. keeping it as simple as we can for our, our potential clients and clients now, I think that's something that we really try hard to, um, you know, make sure that that happens. So if you go in and you over overdo it and explain too much or go into way too much, they, they're overwhelmed and they're not, not sure which way to go. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they generally don't know how to buy it. Mm -hmm. It's complicated. It's, it's more complicated than going buying a car or yeah. a house. And most people, most, a lot of people will never remodel on the scale that, that is a project for us in their lifetime. Uh, so very few people know what, how to buy it, what to ask for, what's the right process. That's another thing I would encourage people to focus on. And that is find the right process that works for you. That's going to yield the outcome you want and focus on the process over what people guess it's going to cost in the beginning. Yeah. Because when somebody asks, especially you get to a new house and somebody says, how much can you build a house for by the square foot? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you want, do you want flooring? <laughs> flooring now it's a it, the question is the question is is just kind of arbitrary and it's like you might as well ask how much does a new house weigh <laughs> four thousand four thousand square foot house well that weighs this no mm -hmm. but it's it's all about really what's the process how are you going to be able to intentionally choose where you're going to end up right. how are you going to be able to make the decision do you spend fifty thousand on appliances or twenty thousand on appliances and what are they and how does that affect the rest of the budget it's the process they need to go through, how they're going to be able to make those intentional choices that's going to, that's going to yield the right outcome. Yeah, that's amazing. And it, it sounds like that's really what that, that consultant approach almost rather than the sales rep approach was what really resonated with Gladys, right? And, you know, going back to the community thing, and I, I heard a long time ago, but, you know, the, the, the smaller the, the community, the smaller the tribe the, the better success the companies have. And an example of that is you think of Harley Davidson and uh, people actually get the company logo like tattooed on their body, which is crazy <laughs> to me. <laughs> they have such an affinity and, you know, Harley Davidson has done so well with that community. And it sounds like, you know, the approach that you guys have when it comes to, you know, getting your business out there. It's, it's doing the right thing. 
for for the person that you're talking to. And and that the right thing for that person may be the wrong thing for somebody else. Because you've got to understand the personal circumstances going on in their lives. And you can only do that by asking questions. Right. And uh, my sales trainer, my sales trainer used to tell me, you we show our genuine interest in the people we're talking to by the questions we ask and not the statements we make. Right. If I want to get to know them and understand them and know what's important to them, then I need to ask them because they don't know how to buy it. And if, if they're talking to me about they're making a lot of comments about, uh, you know, value of the house, how much money they're going to invest in it. And I know that, you know, they've got a $700,000 house and what they're talking about doing is going to be at least $300,000. I'll probably just say, you know, a project like this could, could range. It's 300 or more. Does that even remotely make sense? Mm -hmm. Oh my God, no, that's, that's way too much. We'll be into this house for, for way, way, way too much. We don't want to do that. Okay. Thank mm -hmm. you. Well, let's talk about what you could do. Maybe, Maybe you could do this, this, and this based on what you told me. We don't do that, but I can give you people that do. Yeah. It's just, you just got to be, to me, you just have to be, you just have to be honest and unattached to the outcome um, and do what's right, do what's right for them. Because if the goals, if the goals and the, and the, and the processes line up, then it works out great. Yeah. That's fantastic. You know, the, the transparency I think is huge. Um, you know, Chad, it, it's amazing the the growth that you've had, you know, starting with Hatfield. And I know we were talking the other day and you mentioned that, I think you went to a Remodeler's Advantage event one time and you're kind of up against the wall, you know, sunk down in a bar stool and you got some great advice from, from someone. I, I, I would love to hear, you know, some of that early advice you got that really changed the way that you uh, approached um, your business and, and how it helped you grow your business. Yeah, sure. That was uh, that was uh, Mike DeFabian, DeFabian Remodeling in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Great man. Uh, met him in 2013 at the beginning of the year at the Mastery Remodeling uh, uh, Conference, I forget the name, for RA in Baltimore. And at that point, I mean, I was really at a place where I was so frustrated with the business and and uh, you know working seven days a week and doing everything myself, like like pretty much most people I know start off doing. Yeah. Um, there are better ways to do that, by the way. But uh, <laughs> I just know that now. Uh, so I'm there and I'm sitting, sitting with this guy with a at a table, like seven, eight people. And I wound up seeing him in the bar later. He walks up to me. And uh, we had talked a little bit during the day. And he he says to me, he goes, he goes, man, I, I gotta I gotta ask you, what's you know, what's what's going on with you? Cause you look like a miserable bastard. <laughs> and, uh, you got to understand Mike to know this because I can't do the New York accent. <laughs> from Buffalo. From Buffalo. <laughs> and uh, I, I start telling him about, start telling him about, you know, what I need and, and what, uh, you know, I'm working too much and all. He says, sounds like you need help. Like, yeah, I mean, I know I need help. I just can't afford it. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, well, Tell me about a tell me about a project you're pricing. And it was a kitchen, and I think it was like forty eight or forty. It was basically fifty thousand dollars, which I don't know how I could ever do that. But that was two thousand twelve. Uh, so he says, "Have you given? Have you showed him the prices yet?" And I said, "No, no, I haven't." He goes, "Well, he goes. It sounds like you need these two people, maybe an office manager and and one other person." He's like, "That's probably what. Let's just make it even numbers. It's a hundred thousand a year." 
So your volume, your volume, that's 10%. You need to raise your prices by 10%. They said, so this is easy. Just tell them it's 55. And I said, I can't, I can't do that. They're not going to pay that. And he's, he's like, looks at me like, are you stupid? Right. He say that, but that's how he looks at me. And he says, uh, he goes, my friend, if they're not going to buy it at 55, they're not going to buy it at 50. So just tell them it's 60. <laughs> I'm looking at him like, are you crazy? You know, you feel all the fear, you know, inside and you're like, oh my God, I couldn't tell him it's that much. Yeah. That's crazy. And he, he starts to, he starts to look at me and I'm telling him that, right. I'm like, this is, I can't do that. I can't do it. And he looks and he says, Chad, he goes, he goes, you're, he goes, picture yourself. You're in this, you're in a prison yard right now. It's dark. The lights are on. The whole yard is lit up. There's guard towers, razor wire. And he's like, there's nobody else there. It's just you. <laughs> you're wondering why am I here? And he said, the gate's open. All you got to do is walk out. But to walk out, you got to raise your prices by 10%. So if you want, because my friend, you built your own little prison. Mm. He said, to leave, you just need to raise your prices by 10%. If you're unwilling to do that, then quit bitching. I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't right. imagine you get much better advice than that at a bar. Oh, Go ahead, Diane. <laughs> I think he hit home with you, Chad, when he talked about his sales experience in the 1980s selling above ground swimming pools. You want to tell that story? You're pretty good at it. It's a really, it's really actually an interesting story. And I think, you know, I think we can all relate if you've sold projects that you can't see or any sort of home improvement um, things uh, before. I think it's, it relates to us or resonates with us. And when, when I heard it, I was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. You want to tell it? Yeah, so again, it's another DeFabian story. Word of nuggets of wisdom from DeFabian. And uh, he's, he's, uh, he's telling me we're talking about prices, right? Raising prices. And, and I'm, I'm being real resistant to him with it. And he's telling me, he's telling me, he goes, yeah, I, I understand how you feel. He goes, I used to sell above ground swimming pools in upstate New York. He goes, try doing that. Right? And he said that was in the mid 80s. And we, uh, we used to have a little a little scale model of what an above ground swimming pool, you know, look like. And that's what we take with us along with a couple brochures. And he's like, I heard the I'm telling my boss, I hear the same thing every time. Oh my God, that's ridiculous. It can't possibly cost that much. You know, we could never afford that. Holy smokes. Just, you know, price aversion, right? Rejection. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's, uh, he's telling his boss that. And his boss looks at me, he goes, I want you because you have appointment book for tomorrow, right? And he said, yeah, he was okay. I want you to go into that appointment. I want you to do everything just as you do it normally. hundred percent mm -hmm. of the model. Tell them, can you picture yourself in the pool? I mean, just do the whole thing just as normal. And he said, except I want you to tell them the price is 50%. And he said today only 50%, not 50% off. Because mm -hmm. I want you to tell them the number at 50%. You know, mm -hmm. I Something like fifteen thousand dollars is going to tell them like seven and a half or eight, mm -hmm. and he's like, I can't do that. They'll buy it immediately. And he said, if they buy it, I will take the hit for it. And uh, but it's mm -hmm. that night only. And he goes, I want you to tell me what you hear tomorrow. So he goes and he's like, oh, okay, I'll do it. They're going to buy it. He walks in, does, goes through the whole thing. He's like, Mr. Smith, you know, can you picture the family in the pool? You know enjoying this the summer's coming up and all the same stuff 
He's like, I got the model and everything. And he's like, and you can have all of this today only for $7,500. He said, he said, I sat there and they went, oh my God, it can't possibly cost that much. That's ridiculous. We should do that. And he's like, I left, got in my car. I'm thinking, what in the hell just happened? And he said, I go into the office the next day and the secretary is chasing me down with a, with a message note. Hey, the Smiths want you to call them back immediately. They are just ready to go. And he's he sold it at 15000 He told him, I can't do that. It was last night only. Really? So, he goes, it is all in your head. Interesting. Yeah. So so he went in at 50%, and then he, he ended up selling it for, for the entire purchase just because of the psychological, I guess, con- like, I don't, know, I don't know what the, what happened the rest of that that day when he talked to him on the phone, but he uh, he had to tell him that was last night only. I can't do that. Wow. I don't know if they gave him a discount off the fifteen or whatever the actual numbers were, but they didn't yeah, get yeah. It half price. But yeah, no, it's, it's right. So it's the, the mentality, right? It's the you, you just got to go in and and hard charge and see what happens. Yeah. My approach my approach to it is because. Uh, I consider say I consider sales to be one of the things that I'm that I'm very good at, mm-hmm. and I hate pushy salespeople. Like I can't stand it. Right. I I am a consultative salesperson. I'm here to help them find the right solution for them and help them understand what the options and choices are and help them understand what different paths look like. Mm-hmm. From there, they can decide what they want to do. And if yeah. it, if, if that's going to work for me, great. If it doesn't, I'll tell them that too. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, it's 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 interesting you mentioned that because, you know, it seems like you and Diane, Diane have a good like yin and yang where it seems like Diane has, you know, handles a lot of the marketing side while you do a lot of the, the, the front, you know, meeting with the homeowner and things. And it's interesting, the growth. And Diane, I would love to get your take on this. You know, um, a lot of companies don't have the capital really to hire an internal marketing person, right? Especially in those growth phases. Um, I'm a huge advocate of, of marketers internally, but sometimes it just makes sense to outsource to a marketing agency. Um, you know, we were having a conversation the other day and you've had experience with good ones and you've had experiences with bad ones. And that's what I'm curious about is, you know, what are the things w- when you started working with a company that that you outsource your marketing to that was, you know, bringing value to you. What are the things that, that stood out to you there and how, and how did you, you know, decipher that? Well, I would say that, you know, when we found a, a company that we partnered with for a long time, um, I felt like they were organized. I felt like they listened to us. They mm-hmm. were, they are, they are in this industry space. So not just every Tom, Dick and Harry, I did not go with a local company. We've done everything by teleconference, televideo, um, even, you know, starting in 2014, 15 mm-hmm. when I started working with them. Now they did, they have actually visited us before and that was really nice to do some face-to-face, but um, they're actually, you know, we're in, we're in Dallas and they're actually outside of Charlotte. And um, it was really about having a partner and it, it, mm-hmm. it was the same way in which we want to, that we work with our clients as the, we were their client and they worked with us. Mm. So open, transparent, honest, even when, so like I would have an idea or something like that and they would be like, well, 
hate to tell you this, but this might not be the best idea on the planet. And you're like, oh, okay, well, why not? And they spend the time to educate me on that. They would watch for things, you know, watch for certain things that were going on, uh, watch for improvements that needed to be made, watch our back as far as things we were doing on Google. Yeah. Give us advice for the latest and greatest on, hey, this is where things are going. And I recommend that you move over to this technical, whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, that's like right here. But if you tell me I need to do that because you guys are the experts and I will do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that was it. I felt like they had my back. They understood they listened to me they would even take the time to record a lot of our conversations when i was talking about kind of the feel and the theme of the types of uh, clients that we wanted the types of um you know projects that were ideal for us so that we weren't attracting the wrong um because you can get the phone to ring all you want to and it's not not good for either one if it's just not a fit right you don't want to waste anyone's time so i think really honing in on that and they just would always take the time that we needed to do things and work on things and listen to things and tweak things and something would come out wrong. And, you know, I'd email them back and like, this page isn't working so good for me. Let's redo it or whatever it is. It was a partnership. And mm -hmm. I respected that they were the industry experts. I, I'm a registered nurse. I didn't go to school for marketing. I didn't go to school for, you know, digital online marketing. I trusted them. And I was able to, because they put forth uh, really organized, well-executed plans good work and they could produce results and they did. And I saw it and it wasn't overnight, but they did. And, um, you know, sometimes something would go off the rails a little bit and we're like, Oh, we opened that floodgate and that was a little bit too much. And that actually isn't the direction we wanted to go. So let's cut that. Let's cut that off. And mm -hmm. we did it. So, um, I think that was probably the biggest thing is, is somebody who's better at than you are. Um, and, and really just listens to you. Um, and you know, it was a it was a big spend for us in the beginning, and um, as we were growing, it it just made sense for us to continue doing it. And um, we made decisions around our overhead to do certain things with our digital marketing. And so um, it just it just it made sense, especially to outsource, especially to have somebody do it um, more professionally than than here I could do it. Um, well, and uh, time. Oh, absolutely not. We don't have time. Yeah, I'm not good at it. One, one key I will say is that you have to participate. So you have to have somebody in your company willing to feed the information to them because it takes time. It takes time to build this stuff up. It takes time to build the story. Yeah. And the other key, I believe, especially in our industry now, maybe not applies to, um, you know, maybe um, HVAC or something like that, but good photography that tells mm -hmm. a story. And that is people will see some like, oh, that looks like my kitchen now, you know, 1982 with the, you know, floor wallpaper. And oh my gosh, they turned that kitchen into that. Wow. Ooh, I could see that. And mm -hmm. so that for us helps to tell a story before people even call us. Um, one other piece is, is educating people online, potential clients about questions they're going to ask you. We get questions every single time somebody calls us. How much is this? How long does this take? And sometimes answering that up front and giving them the process up front helps alleviate, okay, well, they're not going to just call, not just going to come out and give me a bid today. Right. You know, that's not what we do. And we put that out there um, mm -hmm. and, and make, make sure that they're aware that that's not how we do things. And no, we're not going to come out tomorrow and give you a bid on Saturday. Yeah. The, that's this work differently. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. You know, the, the questions that customers ask you. Yeah. Somebody else inevitably is going to ask that. So, you know, putting it out there and, and answering it on your website or in your blog or, or wherever that that's, that's huge. It's a way for them to find you and a way for you to 
save time on the back end too. Chad, I know you were depressed about having to give up the website when you were managing it and designing it yourself, but <laughs> it, was a, it was a slow, it was a slow uh, progression for me away from the stupid way that I started things. <laughs> but that, that's, that's why I love the growth story here. And it, it's just fascinating to see, to see how you've grown. And, um, you know, for, for anybody that is interested in, in, you know, joining, you know, something like a layer, I want to talk about that, that partnership that you guys have and, and the decision it was for you, which I'm sure was a hard decision because it was something that you had built up, you know, from the ground. Um, I'd love to get your take on, you know, for anyone that is tired of working, you know, in their business by themselves and looking for a partner, what was it that, you know, you were looking for when, when this, when a layer came along, I guess. I wasn't even, you know, Lair came along and reached out to me. I wasn't, I wasn't looking for other ways to do it or for partners or anything else. Mm -hmm. When they, when they reached out to me, I knew, I knew someone that was, that was in it. So I knew of Lair first and I knew some of the basics of how, how Lair did things. So I thought, I'll just talk to him. It's probably not going to go anywhere, but I'll just talk to him. Mm -hmm. At that point, you know, we were, we were doing about, $4.6 $4.6 million worth of purely remodeling a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, it had two designers on staff. And we had a total of 16 people. And yeah, I was frustrated. And Diane and I were in RA and, and we traveled all over the place, you know, learning best practices and implementing different processes. And we're at a point where I was frustrated. And uh, I didn't, uh, didn't know how to grow the business anymore because we we needed to take on a whole nother level of overhead and it's just just kind of frustrated i think yeah was where i was and uh and i knew that the business still doesn't run without me and it's not an asset on its own and yeah you know, I, I i woke up one day and thought gosh if something happens to me what is my wife gonna do mm-hmm. with this it's got a 4.6 million dollar liability right she without me it doesn't operate Mm-hmm. It didn't operate entirely. It would have taken her a long time to shut it down. And uh, yeah, it would have been hard. So as I'm as I'm talking to as I'm talking to Alaire, Alaire, you know, Alaire doesn't come in and magically solve your problems. <laughs> right? It's not like, hey, Alaire kid, people all ask me, they're like, man, so they would they buy you out? I'm like, no, you gotta pay to play. <laughs> you gotta be invited. Yeah. I wish. So <laughs> You're gonna have a successful business, and then you're gonna you're going to pay to join, right? But it's yeah, I got to I got to shed overhead, and there's some there's things things that are centralized, and and there's a lot of great benefits to that. But when I was going through that decision point, it was it was okay. Yeah, I can shed some of this stuff. I can also um, I can also work together with a lot of other people solving problems in the same system mm-hmm. and i wanted the business to be an asset of its own a business that's an asset of, of its own generates money and can be operated by other people right well something happens to me now there's a hundred plus partners that all know exactly how this business works and they may do different types of projects but the processes are the same mm-hmm. there's a lot of support in the background there's all these other there's all these other little things but i'll tell you when what really, what really made it work for us was two things. Well, really one thing. 
as we flew out to a regional leadership training in Toronto, the last last minute and bought tickets to to Canada in the mm-hmm. summer, you know, last minute, two weeks ahead of time. So we had to fly first class. It was like three grand. <laughs> then rent a car, Canadian wine country, which I didn't know existed, mm-hmm. but it does. I got in the middle of nowhere to meet 35 people that were coming from Toronto to have a big training session out there. Rented a big house, great time. But Diane and I had never been to Canada, or I had never been to Canada. I didn't know a single person that was going to be there. I only knew people in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And we got there, and I, I was, within two hours, I was just shocked. and like, how could there be all these people together that all share the same values? Mm-hmm. And I didn't even, I couldn't even put my finger on it at that point. It's just like, how does this, how does this work? All these people here together. They're, they get along so well. I feel like I could trust any of these people with my kids, mm-hmm. right? And we were there for two and a half days. And we made some lifelong friends on that on that one trip. We got on the plane flying back. I mean, it, it was first class. So we had a few drinks flying home. <laughs> we were talking. We were just both amazed. Like, how how is this? What what is it? What makes this what makes this special? What is how does this work? And it it comes down to the values. Right. people that are in it. That is by far away the most important thing um, that that anyone joining a layer has to have. So I don't know if that helps you, but we also, no, we also looked at, yeah, we, we talked to attorneys, we did mountains of research, had a huge binder, we're sitting down at, at our, I think we were in the pool, and we were talking about talking about how do we make this decision? We have all this information. There's all these points. There's these pros, these cons. And I, I think I just looked at it and said, you know, my life purpose statement, which is sitting above my computer, is I am a rising tide so that others can lift themselves up. Mm-hmm. I said, Diane, does this take us closer to or farther away from that? And she said, I think it takes us closer to that. And I said, I do too. So that's the decision. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, those values are, are huge and I always love it when we come full circle with the podcast because you know at the beginning we were talking about you know you working with that community like Gladys's community basically and, and right. they all had those shared values the referral system was there and it sounds like it's what you found with the layer and I'm sure that other you know business owners that are looking for partners that's the big thing is you know find somebody that reflects your values so it's the most important thing yeah, exactly. So, Chad, Diane, thank you so much. I We're running against time here, but I have one last question I love to ask. And sure. I'm going to ask this to both of you because I would love to get your take here. Uh, it's super vague on purpose, but um, what's the number one piece of advice you would give to anyone in the home improvement industry right now? Well, that is vague. <laughs> you want to go first? I'll let Diane go first. <laughs> well, I thought about it. Chad, Chad needs a minute to think. I can yeah. tell. So I think um, I think it's just that um, know who you are yourself. Know what types of projects work for you. Know what types of projects don't work for you. Know what types of clients that you want to attract uh, and you want to keep and that you want referrals from because they will all run in the same circles. Mm-hmm. Um, find a client that wants to work in your process, that wants to work with you, that wants to be a partner with you. That's not going to work to sabotage you or is not going to beat you up on price. Um, Find find that 
be confident in yourself, be confident what you're good at, know what you're not good at, surround yourself with other people that are better at it than you, so, know when to say no, and um, don't try to be all things to all people because it usually doesn't work. So that was one thing. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. 86% of uh, uh, married couples that own businesses end up in divorce. <laughs> uh, We're at 20 years. Be quiet. We're at 20 years. <laughs> so hopefully we beat that. But uh, if you ask me, you ask me one thing. I would say surround yourself with people that are better at it, better at it than you, that have in true integrity. And if they're not holding a mirror up to you, ask them to hold the mirror up with love, and then have the integrity with yourself to look in it honestly at what. How am I doing? What do I need? What could I do better? And then do it. Mm -hmm. And that's that's it. There's no there's no there's no geniuses in this world, in my opinion. There's only people that are willing to do things other people are not willing to do. And surrounding yourself with people that are better at it than you, and that was part of Alaire too, mm -hmm. because there are people that are better at it than me in Alaire. And uh, look in the mirror. And you may not like sometimes, it's not easy to look in that mirror because mm -hmm. you're going to see things that you're going to go, oh, no, no, that's not me. You feel like that. You want to defend it. You want to defend it. But that's just your ego. The ego is always false. Yeah. Look in the mirror. They hold up. And when you, when you reach their level, then you need to find other people to challenge you. Mm. You got to keep doing that or you're just going to remain the same. And to me, that's not enough for me to remain the same. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's that's my favorite question because the answers that come out are, are awesome every single time I ask it. So awesome! Thank you all so much again for for hopping on the podcast today. Um, yeah, you know, we're up against time, but um, if there's any, if the listeners want to learn more about you know what you all have going on, um, if they want to connect with you, where 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 should they go? So uh, they can go to our our franchise website, which is alairhomes.com. It's backslash Plano. Um, you can just go to alairhomes.com and you can see all of the American franchises if you want to on there. So if across the United States. Um, and then if you're a contractor that wants to um, see what Alair is all about, there's discoveralair.com. And that talks all about um, our home office, um, our leadership team, and a lot more explanation about how Alair works. So if you're interested that way, it's, it's, it's um, a good place to find more information. That's awesome. Well, Chad, Diane, again, thanks so much for joining the podcast today. Anytime, uh, yeah, yeah, great conversation, and, and you know, we'll definitely have to do it again sometime. I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah.